welcome to Still Learning. We're teachers and moms who are navigating this journey just like you. So let's get started because no one is perfect and we're all still learning. Hi, Maria. Hi, Katie. I have to tell you, I'm anticipating the baby starting preschool this fall, and I feel like he's more ready than I am. I get it. I have lived it twice now. We have the early childhood educational background, all the teaching experience, and access to all the research in the world. But let me tell you, some anxiety in anticipation of the first day of school is to be expected. Good news is you can feel anxious and prepared at the same time. What I mean by this is allow yourself to feel all the feelings, but still be ready to implement some strategies so that you can get yourself and your child on the road to success. Also, one thing that is extremely hard for me is asking for help. Have a support system available for yourself as the parent. Like you said, Katie, it often appears that the child is more ready than the grown-up especially in the first few days until that awareness settles in for the child. That's so true. I know our preschool team is so competent when it comes to helping parents and children, and it's such a huge transition. But I know now as a parent and how hard it is to let go of my anxiety as I'm anticipating that first day of school. Well, let's talk about how our teachers support separation anxiety and what the NAYC suggests. Uh, for those that are not familiar, the NAYC is the National Association for the Education of Young Children, and we're accredited through them. We're part of the Michigan chapter. They're a great resource for educators as well as families, and on their site, they have a link that's specifically designed to be understood and easily accessible for families. So we're going to add a link to their website on our Instagram account. Yes, we will. And as teachers, we usually see the separation anxiety as the child is being dropped off and coming into our classroom. Um, But we hear a lot from parents that the child was signaling that anxiety well before that drop off all the way back at at home, that anxiousness started. And it's something that we suggest as well as the NAEYC to avoid talking about that transition in front of your child. Avoid talking about your own worries about your child starting school in front of them because children are so sensitive and they really can feel your feelings and they pick up on it. So it's so important as the adult to stay calm and collected in front of the child in preparation for that first day and during that drop-off on the first day. Yes, it makes a big difference. And we have seen it firsthand for the children that have their grown-ups stay calm and confident during drop-off. Like you mentioned, children definitely pick up on that energy and by having the grown-up that you feel the most safe with appear calm and confident, it it sends this signal and it reassures them that this place that they're being dropped off is safe. Yes. One of the most basic human needs, right, is feeling safe. Yes. In order to support that feeling safe, we're going to talk about creating quick goodbye rituals. Emphasis on quick. (laughs) Yes. A quick goodbye ritual is absolutely vital when you're dealing with separation anxiety. 
you might have to do a secret handshake with your child or give three kisses at the cubby when you're dropping off or your child might even need a special blanket or a toy to keep with them as you leave. But the trick is to keep that goodbye short and sweet because the longer you linger, the longer the transition and the higher the anxiety. Yes, now we both know this is easier said than done, just like many things in life. But this is what I mentioned earlier is not being afraid to ask for help and having your support system ready after the drop off. Um, It's different for everyone. It can range from having a box of tissues and sitting in your car in the parking lot and having a good cry and then you're ready to go. It might be something like FaceTiming your sister or a friend. It might be that you need a physical outlet and you go on a run or you have a younger sibling or an older sibling that you need to get somewhere. Or it might be something like creating a distraction and just continuing on with your day, going to work, and then periodically calling your child's school to check in with them. Um, All this to say that you know yourself best, so plan accordingly for it. It is so easy for us as adults and parents to forget about our own needs. But like Maria said, thinking ahead, knowing yourself, knowing what that outlet is for you, is hopefully going to help you get through the process. Katie, we already mentioned feeling safe as one of the most basic human needs. And I know us being familiar with conscious discipline, and hopefully we will share with parents in one of the episodes as well, that right away leads me to thinking about feeling loved. What could you add about feeling loved during drop-off? Yes. So reminding your child about the love that you share is going to help set the tone for their day. It's going to help set the tone for your day too, as you move on through whatever ritual you might need. Um, The rituals that you might create with your child might just be saying, mama loves you. Here's two kisses and I'll give you two more when I pick you up after work. And then the hard part, you leave without making a big deal trusting that the educators know how to support your child's big emotions. And at our school, we support the grownups too with their big emotions as they're leaving. Yes, we sure do. Um, Once you are making sure that your child feels safe and loved, next up is consistency. Trying to do the same drop-off with the same ritual at the same time each day you separate, it really helps avoid the unexpected factors whenever you can. A routine also diminishes the heartache and it allows your child to simultaneously build their trust and independence. As important as consistency is, I would say is attention. So when you're separating from your child, remember to give them your full attention. Um, Obviously, hugs and kisses are are a natural thing that happens, um, but just remembering to not have your phone out or, you know, try not to be on a phone call when, when you're making this transition, just to give your child your full attention. And then say a quick goodbye. Again, the hard part, despite their cries for you to stay and move forward. Yes, this is so important. And in living such a fast paced lifestyle and 
having so much of technology and things being on our phone, like it might be checking, you know, checking in your child that involves being on the phone. And again, it just helps set the tone. Um, last but not least is keeping your promise. This is huge. So huge. So in keeping your promise, you're going to build trust and independence with your child. They'll become more confident in their ability to be without you when you stick to the promise of your return. One of the biggest mistakes that I ever made was on one of my office afternoons. I said goodbye to my daughter. I went to work in the office and um, it was not a good transition. She had a hard time. I'm pretty sure you had to hold her back, Maria, <laughs> as I left the room. And I was worried about her. And I honestly, I missed her. So I went back and I checked on her and my intentions were good, but I only extended the separation anxiety and we just had to start all over again in the process. We started over when I left again. It was terrible. And in the following days, she was so worried because she didn't know that she could trust that I was going to come back. I didn't come back when I said I was going to. I surprised her and it was bad. Yes, that is so hard. <laughs> I can understand the situation from both points of view. On my child's first day of kindergarten, so I've already had to do, you know, two years of preschool, a year of pre-kindergarten, and now here we are in kindergarten. I heard my child crying as I was walking out. And I'm like, that's my baby in there. He needs me. And I'm walking away. So this there was this guilt alarm going off in my head, you know, and in my heart saying, go back in there, comfort that child. But I had to stop myself. And the teacher in me came out and I was like, trust the educators. They will support him. The only way for him to overcome separation anxiety is experiencing it. And it was a very hard pill for me to swallow. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it always makes it easier to hear from others that we're going through the same thing. And Maria does this for me a lot when we text each other about situations in parenting we mentioned earlier doing what works for your family. The next strategy from NAEYC talks about being specific, but child style. When you discuss your return, just be specific in a way that your child understands. So instead of saying, I'll be back at four o'clock, say, I'll be back after cleanup time uh, and before lunch. Yes, this one has been a life changer in our house. And it's so rewarding when your children start using this independently to count time. It's like we often mentioned in early childhood, you're planting the seeds and later on you collect the blooms, you know, um, and it's, it's amazing to see the tools that you give them and you teach and you model, and then they start to use it independently. Okay, so far we have talked about tools for the parents. Now we get to cover concrete examples of tools for your children. I will let you get us started, Katie. Okay, so at our school, we have families who will send a special lovey or a toy. We also um, invite families to send a family photo with their child, and we actually hang them up on the wall so that it's easily accessible for the children in case they need it throughout the day. 
um, whatever will help your child to cope. Sometimes the item is kept in the backpack or the cubby, and then it comes out when the child is sad. And sometimes they're just so sad they need to carry it around the whole time. And that's okay. Um, educators should be flexible, especially at the beginning with working with you and your child together to figure out what will help best when your child is sad. Yes, you're right, Katie. And at our school, we, you know, we have the family wall and designated space. When my child was starting kindergarten, this specific teacher did not have a family wall, but it was something that my son was used to. So I just sent a family photo with him in his backpack. And even though know, the teacher did not ask for one, I let my child know it is there for him when he's missing us. So again, giving him that tool. And then I simply emailed the teacher and asked her to kindly support the appropriate use of the family photo. Um, then, you know, came first grade and this teacher did have a family wall. Maybe he never got out the family photo, but the fact that he knew it was there automatically like brought his anxiety down so much. The fact that he had the tool, he know, knew how to use it, and he knew that it was easily accessible to him throughout any part of his day. Yes, you are the biggest advocate for your child. And partnering with your child's teacher, like you mentioned, Maria, for years you've been doing this, at the beginning of the school year especially, can be so helpful. Um, another way to make a bridge between home and school is by sharing at least a few words in your home language with your child's teacher. Hearing that mama will be back in your child's home language just helps your child to feel understood by basically strangers is what we are at the beginning of the school year as educators. Yes, I can attest to this, Katie. Um, being bilingual myself, that one word in your home language opens up um, the door to a long partnership. So when I moved to the U.S. and started school, it was in middle school. So long, you know, away from early childhood. But I remember being confused about the lockers and not knowing where to go. And down the hallway comes this person who starts speaking my language. And it was just like, just hearing that one word, again, open up a door to, you know, a partnership where that person ended up helping me and making this connection with me. And just by feeling safe, it, this whole school didn't seem like such a strange place. And these people around me, again, going back to what you said, did not feel like such strangers. Um, also helpful, you know, in early childhood, especially, is a word list that contains phrases that your family or your child might use for eating or, you know, diapering. Many children are potty training in preschool. So, you know, if you have cute words that you're using in your house that your child knows that they're familiar with, but the teachers might not be, it's a good idea to um, give them a heads up. So, again, to build that connection and have your child feel um, more understood by them as well. We have covered a lot today, both from our experience and from the NAEYC. One thing that I don't think we've covered is never leave without saying goodbye. We know that sneaking away heightens that anxiety in children. And what it tells them is they can't trust you 
or trust that you're going to come back. Absolutely. If you only take away one thing from this episode, please let it be this. <laughs> Never leave without saying goodbye. This creates mistrust for with you and your child and also makes it difficult for your child to be comforted in that state of mind. Earlier, we talked about feeling safe and feeling loved during that drop-off process. But if you just snuck away and you didn't say bye, your child's alarm is going off in their head saying, am I safe? Am I loved? What just happened? I'm surrounded by these strangers. What's going to come? What's going to be next? Because again, um, new situation, it's a process and they just need you know, a little support from you as the grown-up and from the educators to overcome that anxiety. Yes. So to recap, create a child or family-specific routine, stay calm and consistent, making your drop-off quick, provide your child with a tool, have a support system for yourself, and trust the process. Yes, Katie, so much of this, trusting the process, because There is not a one-size-fits-all approach, and in this process, we're learning just as much as our child is. We hope you found this episode helpful. You can find us on Instagram by searching for The Still Learning Podcast. Subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and join us next month for a new topic. We're teachers and moms who are navigating this journey just like you. Because no one is perfect. And we're all still learning. (laughs) 